What's up, guys? How's everybody today? Everybody doing good? Doing good? Awesome, man. Hey, my name is Mark. If it's your very first time that you've ever been in here before, you've never been to our church, today's your first time, we want to welcome you, and we have a free gift for all of our first-time guests. All you got to do is fill out your connection card. That's this card right here. It's on the back of the seat in front of you or on your seat, and you can drop that in the offering basket when it goes around at the end of service. But if you're here for the very first time, I want to encourage you to take this to the welcome area, the big wall and counter out there in the middle of the lobby. We've got a free gift for every first-time guest, and we'd love to just give you that really quick. Also, if you are here uh, and you've been coming for uh, a few times, you're a returning guest, and I've never met you, I would love to just say hi to you really quick and shake your hand, say thanks for coming. It won't take long. uh, You'll get to everything you've got this afternoon, but I'd love to meet you. I'll be at the welcome area after church today, and uh, man, I'm just excited to have you here. Hey, I want to mention two things that you need to know about that were not in the video uh, just now. Two things. One, if you're going to help with Night to Shine, it's coming up February the 8th. Uh, Night to Shine is, uh, it's an event that the Tim Tebow Foundation puts on, happens all over the country. Journey Christian Church hosts it, uh, but all kinds of churches, uh, it's a really big event, needs all hands on deck. So all kinds of churches come together to help pull it off, organizations. And a lot of our church signed up to help with this event. If you are uh, planning on being a volunteer for Night to Shine, next Sunday, so next Sunday, February the 3rd, at 3 o'clock at Journey Christian Church, there is a mandatory meeting for Night to Shine. So if you're going to help with that, you need to be there. I mean, if some kind of emergency comes up and you absolutely can't, uh, um, let me know or something like that. I'm sure that's, I'm sure we can work that out. But, but you need to be there next Sunday at 3 o'clock at Journey Christian for anybody that wants to help at night to shine, all right? So make sure uh, to be a part of that. Also, this Friday, we are having 24 hours of prayer coming up this Friday. It's gonna be from 8 a.m. Friday morning to 8 a.m. on Saturday. And you can pray in your car, you can pray at work, you can pray at school, wherever you're at, you can pray. Uh, But we would love for you to sign up. Several people have online on our website and on our app. You can do that. You can open up the Summit app right now, click sign up, and you can sign up that way. Uh, But if you don't have any of those, any online way to sign up, uh, make sure to visit our welcome area after church. We'd love to get you signed up uh, as our church just comes together for 24 hours. Literally, wherever you are, you can pray. We'll give you a prayer guide and some other things. We'll make sure that you have that before Friday just just to help guide you through that process. You can sign up to pray for an hour, 30 minutes. It really doesn't matter the length of time, but we would love for you to sign up. If you don't have a way to sign up online, Make sure to visit the welcome area out there after church, all right? Hey, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to pray, uh, and uh, we're, we're going to ask God to come and to help us. Let's ask the Holy Spirit to move here in this time because, man, we're going to jump into some deep waters here today and, and try to unpack some things. And so, man, we're just going to need God's help over the next couple of minutes, all right? So uh, would you pray with me this morning? Father, we come weak and needy, and God, we need you today. God, I need you for what we're uh, going to just dive into today. God, I, I, God, we cannot do this without you. God, we can't listen without you. God, God, the worst thing that we could do is that we come in here and we sing songs and we listen to a sermon, we do the whole thing, and we miss you. That's the worst thing we could do. Jesus, would you please let us not do that? God, let it not just be words that we're singing in songs. Let it not just be, hey, we'll just sit through this sermon God, we want to hear from you. We want to engage with you, Jesus. We don't want to have come here and you were here the whole time and we missed you. So God, that's a supernatural act. That's a supernatural event, God. If you were just to open up our eyes right now so that we could see you, God, that our hearts would be engaged, our minds would, that God, we would lean in. Father, that you would speak to every single person here. Jesus, we give this time to you. It's yours. Jesus, have your way over the next few moments. 
God, we surrender it to you. We ask all this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. Hey, if you got a Bible, I want you to go ahead and open it up to Revelation chapter 8, all right? Revelation chapter 8, verses 1 through 5. Go ahead and open that up. Turn it on. And, and, and really, the words are going to be on the screen, but I want you to engage with me, right? So if you, have a, if you have a Bible on your phone or you brought one, seriously, go ahead and open it up, turn it on, because we're really going to try to dig into something here this morning. Uh, if you don't have a Bible at all, there's, uh, there's one around you underneath a chair. Grab it, take it. That's our gift to you. You can just keep it and take it home. If you don't have a Bible, uh, you can understand or anything like that. Just go ahead and grab that, and you can use it. But Revelation chapter 8 is where we're going to be at here in just a few moments. What I want to do in our series today is I want to try to answer a question that I get from time to time. People come to me and they'll say, Mark, if God is in control of everything, then why do I need to pray? Mark, if God is in control of everything, Mark, if God knows everything already, then why do I even need to pray? I mean, do my prayers even matter if God is in control and God already knows Everything. I don't know if you remember last year, there was this really weird thing that happened. There, you know, tragedies would happen in culture, and, and people would say, well, our thoughts and prayers are with you, and then that became really controversial to say. Remember that? People got really upset, and, and, you know, when you would tell somebody, our thoughts and prayers are with you, it was all over social media and, and the news. Well, we don't want your thoughts and prayers because we need action. We need you to do something. So we don't really want your thoughts and prayers. We actually need you to do something to fix what's going on in this country, this situation, this community. And then Christians would respond back, well, all we need to do is pray. The most important thing that we can do is pray. No, no, no. We, we don't need to do anything else except pray. And what happened was this really weird at times conversation happened in our culture between what's the relationship between God's sovereignty, God's sovereignty is just the Bible's way, or the, uh, it's a theological term, just means God's in control of everything. That's why the Bible talks, we need to use those words, all right? So God's sovereignty just means God's in control of everything. But what's the relationship between God's sovereignty and my responsibility? You ever wondered that? If God already knows what's going to happen, why do I need to pray about it? If God already knows what he's going to do, then what does it matter what I think or what, what God is going to do? What's the relationship between God's sovereignty and our responsibility? And, and here's what I want to say to our church just as we're jumping in here this morning. Maybe you've never thought about this. But I guarantee you this principle that we're going to unpack can revolutionize your life, can revolutionize the way you pray. Man, this can bring courage to your life, boldness to your life, faith to your life in just profound ways what we're going to unpack this morning, because here's the principle that I want us to see. What I want us to understand this morning, the principle is just this simple idea that God's purposes in the world and our prayers are not at odds, they're connected. So I want us to see this morning. God's purposes in the world and our prayers are not at odds, they're connected. And we're going to see that from honestly a very weird passage of Scripture. All right, so we're going to read Revelation 8, 1 through 5. Now, now hang with me here, because we're not going to understand it when we first read it, because like I said, it's weird. So don't get frustrated. Oh, I can never understand the Bible. Trust me, none of us probably are going to understand what's happening in the first five verses of Revelation 8. So as soon as we're done, we're going to come back and, and try to explain it, all right? So, so if you're thinking, this is odd, this is weird, I know, but let's just... We'll get through it together, all right? So, but Revelation 8, 1 through 5 is just an amazing passage of Scripture. Let's read it, and we're going to come back, all right? 
when the lamb, the lamb is Jesus, all right, when the lamb, when the lamb, Jesus, opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven for about half an hour. Then I saw the seven angels who stand before God, and seven trumpets were given to them. And another angel came and stood at the altar with a golden censer. And he was given much incense to offer. Watch, watch this. He was given much incense to offer with the what? Prayers of all the saints. On the golden altar before the throne. And the smoke of the incense with the prayers of the saints rose before God from the hand of the angel. Then the angel took the censer and filled it with fire from the altar threw it on earth, and there were peals of thunder, rumblings, flashes of lightning, and an earthquake. A few years ago, uh, I, think it was, uh, I think it was maybe two, 2017, I believe that it was, towards the back part of 2017, we did a five or six week long series called The End of the World. As we know it, you can go back and listen to it on our app and on our website. And, and we looked at a passage from Matthew where Jesus talked about the end of the world and we dabbled a little bit in Revelation. One of the things that we said in that series, like I said, you can go back and check it out is Revelation isn't all future events. So a lot of times we look at the book of Revelation and think, well, this is all in the future, and it's really not. Revelation is a mixture of past, present, and future. So some things that happened in the past, I mean, even before Jesus and the apostles, like, like even before creation, some things happened in the book of Revelation in the past. Then in the present, it would have been Jesus' present day, the apostles' present day. A lot of things happen in the book of Revelation are happening in our present day. We'll talk about that in just a second. But then also Revelation does talk about the future. So it's past, present, and future. And when you get to Revelation chapter 6, it begins to describe what are called the, the seven seals of judgment. In Revelation chapter 6, they open up the, uh, the uh, in Revelation chapter 6, they open up the first six. Then Revelation 7 is a pause in between there. And then in Revelation 8, the first five verses, they come back to the last of the seven seals. So, so the seven seals are, are just basically God's judgment in the world because of sin. See, God's a holy God. God's a perfect God. He can't just gloss over sin, shove it underneath the rug and ignore it. God is a holy God. He's got to judge sin. And so some of the judgments for sin that you see in Revelation 6 that are some of these uh, seven seals are, are disease. You see war. You see death. And the idea is that those things have always been happening, right? Since Genesis 3, those things have always been happening. They have been happening. They will happen until Jesus comes back. And, and so, so, so these seven seals are God's judgment in the world because of sin. And here's what you need to know about how significant these are. These seven seals, God's purposes for the world are wrapped up in God opening up these seven seals. God's purposes for the world, all of history is wrapped up in this. God's purposes for your life, my life, God's purpose for the world is wrapped up in opening up these seven seals. These seven seals, when this judgment is fully unleashed, when, when these seven seals are open, these seven seals lead to Satan finally being defeated fully, and finally they lead to Jesus coming back. They lead to the ultimate defeat of death, hell, and the grave where there's no more sickness, there's no more pain or disappointment or heartache. Everything is wrapped up. History is literally wrapped up here. And what's happening in Revelation 8 is these judgments are opened. And, and, and the last one is so big, it's, it's got so much weight with it that in the very first verse when they open it, there's silence in heaven for half an hour. Just like this. 
for half an hour just because they know this is a significant moment. God's purposes are moving forward. They know that Satan and every, everything he tried to throw at God could not stop what God had purposed from the very beginning. And so there's just silence in heaven. Then seven angels come, and one of those angels, verse 3, comes before the throne of God, and before the throne of God's an altar. He takes a censer. A censer would have just been something that would have held things that would, they would have... Uh, they, they would have offered on the offering. It would have been so hot they couldn't touch it with human hands. So it would have been something that could just hold objects like coals and that sort of thing that they're going to put on the altar that would be burned up or that would ultimately start the fire. So this angel takes this censer. He's going to put something on the altar as an offering before God. And look at verse 3 one more time. If we can put verse 3 back on the screen. If not, it's going to be in your Bible there. Look at verse 3 in Revelation chapter 8 to see what that offering is. Look at it, verse 3. That angel comes, stood at the altar with a golden censer. He was given much incense to offer with the what? Prayers, watch, 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 of all the saints. So this angel comes And history is in the balance. Uh, God's purposes moving forward are in the balance. And what does this angel offer to God as an offering that's going to rise up like incense before God? And it's going to please God. And God's going to give this angel permission to continue to carry out God's purposes in the world. What does the angel put on the altar? The prayers of all the saints. Every prayer you've prayed is being collected by God as you pray it. Did you know that? Did you know that God never wastes any of your prayers? God never overlooks any of your prayers. God never bats an eye or or looks away at any of your prayers. Every prayer that every follower of Jesus has prayed in Jesus' name, God is collecting every one of them. Every prayer you've prayed in the car, every prayer you've prayed at your house, here at church, every prayer you've prayed at school, at work, every prayer you've prayed, the longest prayers, the shortest prayers, God is collecting those prayers. And see, if if we could break down what's at the core of every prayer that we ever pray, every prayer we pray, we want God's will to be done, don't we? We we want God's will to to be done. We want Jesus to be victorious. We want God's will ultimately to be done so that there's no more pain or evil in the world. Well, guys, this is it. Every prayer we've prayed is put on an altar before God, and and it rises up before God. And then verse 5, watch this, watch this, watch this. The angel takes the censer, fills it with fire from the altar. That's our prayers. Our prayers are being offered before God. That angel takes some of the fire that's rising up from our prayers, and then the angel somehow takes our prayers and the purposes of God, throws it on the earth where there's people of thunder, rumblings, flashes of lightning, and an earthquake. And so, so God's purposes in the world and the ultimate defeat of Satan, Jesus coming back, how does it happen? Watch this. Write it down if you're taking notes. It happens through the prayers of God's people. God, for, for, for a mystery that only God knows, all right, all right? It's a mystery that only God knows. Only God can explain it. Maybe one day he will. But God, in a mystery that only he understands, God has tangled up his purpose for the world with our prayers so that we can't tell where the purposes of God start and our prayers end. They are intertwined. They are tangled up. 
They're like the charging cords that you put in your drawer and you come back five seconds later and they're all tangled up because the cable fairies got in there. Has that ever happened to you? You know what I'm talking about? I have no idea how that happens. You put some cables up, you know, some cords, or you take your Christmas lights down, and you do it in a nice orderly fashion, put them in the garage, you go back the next year, and it's just this mess. I have no idea how to explain it other than the cable fairies. I don't know, right? Just a mystery. You can't tell where one cord ends and another one begins. It's the same way with God's purposes and your prayers. God has tangled up his purpose for the world, his purpose for your life and your family, his purpose for this community with the prayers of his people. This is exactly why Jesus in the Lord's Prayer, you all know the Lord's Prayer, right? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. What's the next part? Your kingdom come, right? Your kingdom come. Jesus says, pray your kingdom comes. Why does Jesus tell us to pray the kingdom would come? Because that's how the kingdom is going to come. The kingdom of God is going to come through the prayers of God's people. See, God is absolutely in control of everything. And in a mystery that only God can explain, we are totally responsible at the same time. God has a purpose for all things, and the way that God's purpose is going to happen is you and I need to be praying because God's purpose and our prayers, they're not at odds. They work together. It's exactly why the book of James says something like this. James, in James chapter 4, verse 2, James says, you don't have because you do not ask. See, we're not supposed to figure out this mystery of God's sovereignty and, and our responsibility or how purpose, uh, the purposes of God work and how our prayers work. We're not supposed to try to figure this out. We're just supposed to receive it by faith. But do you see this? James says, listen, you don't have because you don't ask. So we say things like this, you know, God, God is the only hope that our world has. That sounds great. Are you praying for the world? Hello? God's the only hope that our community has. That's right. Are you praying for our community? Listen to me. Don't insult the work of God by saying that your prayers don't matter. Can I tell you that your prayers have more weight than we can ever know on this side of eternity? Right? Don't, say, don't insult the work of God by saying your life doesn't matter. Your life matters and has more weight than we will ever know on this side of eternity. Because in your life, child of God, all right, if you're a follower of Jesus, the purpose of God, the plan of God is wrapped up in your life. It's wrapped up in your prayers. Let me show you this verse right here just to show you how Scripture talks, right? Some of you are looking, I don't know, this is new for me. I don't really understand this. This doesn't seem clear cut. It doesn't seem clear cut because it's not. It's a mystery. It's a divine mystery. God's purpose in our, play, our prayers, rather, Philippians 2, 12 through 13. Watch this. Therefore, my beloved, as you've always obeyed, so now not only is in my presence, but much more in my absence. Watch this. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Since the Apostle Paul, Paul says, Summit, you got to work out your salvation. You got to grow. Listen, if you give your life to Jesus, don't stay where you are. You got to grow. You need to get in community. You need to make church a priority for you and your family. You need to begin the journey of generosity. Get into the word of God. Begin praying. Uh, use the spiritual gifts that God's given you and serve other people. You need to grow. And then the very next phrase, he said, 
And God is the one in you giving you the desire to grow. See, if you go to the Apostle Paul and you say, Paul, who is it that's at work in me? Is it God at work in me or is it me at work in me? Paul would look back at you and say, yep. Yep, that's exactly what it is. See, when people come to me and they say, man, Mark, I need God in my life. Mark, I need to get my family in church. Mark, I need to grow. I need to grow. I need to go deeper in my relationship with God. You know where that desire is coming from? It's God. That's God at work in their life. Listen, God is at work, but you got to work it. You know what I'm saying? God is at work, but you got to work it. Don't ignore or brush off the nudges of the Holy Spirit when God is speaking to you. God is at work, but you have got to work it. See, God's purposes and our prayers, they're not disconnected. They're not at odds. They're connected. God's purposes for your life and for the world are connected to your prayers so that we can say, how is God gonna bring his purpose into the world? God's gonna bring his purpose into the world through the prayers of his people. See, when I see that, I think there's three questions that I wanna ask our church today. Three questions that I wanna ask our church just so we can see the significance of this. That when you pray, heaven leans in, God collects that, and God's purposes are coming through the prayers of his people. Now, now one thing before we dive in that I wanna say, we gotta be careful here because God's not in heaven wringing his hands, waiting to get ideas, getting his cues and ideas and everything that he does from us. Listen, God is God all by himself and does what he wants, all right? God, God doesn't need us. God, God's not hanging on us God, for, for, for guidance or anything like that. But God has tangled up his purpose with our prayers and our lives so that God's in control, but you got a part to play. Let me ask you three questions this morning. Three questions if you're writing these down. Here's the first one. First one is this one. What are you praying for? What are, you pray, what are you praying for right now? If we had a table right here on the bottom, of, on the floor here, if we had a table up front, and somehow we could lay all of your prayers on that table, what would we see? If we could lay all of the things you're praying for right now on a table before all of us to look at this morning, would we look at your prayers and say, oh my gosh, man, you have this huge view of God. You are asking God to change a city. You're asking God to change a school. You're asking God to change the world. I mean, would it take our breath away? Would it make some people laugh because you're asking God to do some crazy, audacious things? Or would we look at the prayers that maybe some of us are praying and then say, wait a second. You just now saying how great is our God. And that's what you're asking God to do? Listen, some, if Jesus says, knock and the door will be open, we should knock. Amen? If Jesus says, ask and the door will be open, we should ask. If Jesus says, seek, then we should seek. So, so we shouldn't just resign and give over the next generation to the culture and to the devil and to the world and say, well, there's no hope, there's nothing that can be done, and just give them over. No, the people of God need to rise up in prayer and say, Jesus, not on our watch. Amen? Listen, listen. I hope to God that the church in eastern Kentucky isn't just looking at our community and saying, this place is a goner. 
This place is a ghost town. There's no future. Hopefully, the church of Jesus Christ is praying and asking God for a true revival that impacts every part of the society that we live in here. Hopefully, we haven't just given it over to the enemy. Hello? Hopefully, we haven't just given it over for somebody else to do. Oh, let's let Washington do it. Listen, I don't think Washington's going to do it. I don't think Washington's got it covered, y'all. The people of God have got to rise up and say, Jesus, not on our watch. What, what are you praying for? Not only that, but here's another question. What do you need to begin asking God to do? What do you need to be, begin asking God to do? If, if the purpose of God for the whole world is wrapped up when you pray, what do you need to start asking God to do? Because listen to me, Jesus, when he says ask, seek, knock, Jesus has given us permission to ask God for the whole world. Jesus is inviting us to pray for places we may never go in this life. Inviting us to pray for people we may never see in this life. So, so are, what, are, what do you need to begin asking God to do? And you might be thinking, listen, man, I don't know how to pray that way. I, I don't know how to pray for something that big. I wouldn't even know where to start. Well, well, let me just give you a practice that's really simple that could help you. I want to encourage you to pray with your eyes open. Do you know that God can hear you when you pray with your eyes open? Did you know that? Um, and I, I, I don't, I'm literally not talking about your eyes open or closed. I mean, when you watch the news, when you go through the world, when you read the newspaper or you read things online, to have your eyes open as a follower of Jesus and say, Jesus, help these people where this is happening. Jesus, I pray for this person in line in front of me. Look at the world and the community with eyes wide open as a follower of Jesus. And you might not even have to start in your community, to be honest. You might not even have to start with the world. Maybe you're looking at your kids at home and you're thinking, God, I don't know what to do. You're looking at your marriage and you're thinking, I've read every single book. God, I'm at my wit's end. I don't know how to fix this. God, I need you to move here. Or here's a question that could help you. Is there any place in your life? Jesus tells us to pray, God, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Is there any place in your life right now that doesn't look like heaven? Some of you are like, no, my life looks really good. Bro, it don't look that good, all right? Is there any place in your life that doesn't look like heaven? Well, here's the thing. Pray about that place. Pray about that thing. Pray about that situation until it changes. Ask God to begin to move in that thing, in that person, in those people until it begins to change. So what are you praying for today? What are you asking God for? But I think this one is a big deal. Here's this one for our church. What do you need to do? What do you need to do? I think sometimes we ask God to do something and he's in heaven saying, I'm waiting on you to do it. Hello? Jesus, change me. Jesus, change my life. And he's in heaven saying, I will. Quit looking at that website. Jesus, I want to give you first, I want you to be the first thing in my life. I want to love you more than anything else. I want you to be first in my life. Awesome, quit giving me leftovers. Leftovers of your time, leftovers of your money, leftovers of your priorities. That, that's great, I'd like that too, but quit giving me leftovers. Jesus, change my marriage. Well, you got to change. Jesus, save my friends. I will when you say something. Quit waiting on somebody else to do it. What do you need to do? 
I love this quote from Augustine. Augustine was a theologian in the early church. And this, this quote sums everything up. It's honestly worth the price of admission this morning, to be perfectly honest. All right? I love this quote. He says this. Pray as though everything depended on God. Work as though everything depended on you. You hear that? Pray as though everything depended on God, because it does. But work as though everything depends on you. Why? Because God's purpose and plan is wrapped up in the way you work, wrapped up in the way that you pray. Here, what would you love to see God do this year? What would you love to see God do in your life this year, in our community this year, in our church this year? What would you love to see God do this year? Man, Summit, I hope that we do not get before God and realize that we left a bunch of things on the table that he would have done and he didn't because we didn't ask. You understand what I'm saying? That we get before God and God says, listen, I would have done that in Perry County, but nobody asked me to. Nobody prayed. Nobody fasted. So I just went down the road and did it. They seem to really want it. Let's not leave anything on the table that God has for us. Amen? Let's not leave anything on the table that God has for our church. Let's not leave anything on the table that God has for our community. Let's ask God for his kingdom to come, for his will to be done, that this community would be radically changed. But listen, if you ask that, you got to know you got a part in it. And Jesus is not looking for perfect people. He's just looking for available people. To say, God, whatever it is, whatever you've got, I'm in. Would you pray with me today? Summit, would you just take a second? And ask that question, what would you love to see God do in your life? What would you love to see God do in your school or where you work? What would you love to see God do in our community? Whatever that is, church, let's ask the Father for it. Let's ask big. Let's ask and let's seek and let's knock. Let's ask for the whole world. Our prayers ought to be as big as the promises of God. But also, we have to know we got a part to play. We have a part to play this morning. We have a part to play in the revival that could come here. We have a part to play in the salvation of our friends and family. We have a part to play in our own growth, in our own change. We have a part to play in the world looking more like heaven. We have a part to play. So I don't know what you came in here with today. Maybe you came in tired. Maybe you came in sick. Maybe you came in distracted. Maybe you came in thinking about the weather. I don't know what you came in here with, but I want you to know today as you're about to leave that your prayers matter. Your life matters. That the purposes of God are wrapped up in all of it. But are you in? Jesus, right now, just help us to search our hearts and to search our minds and just to surrender all of it over to you. To say, God, we're in. And, and God, God, it is going to be more than something right here in church. It is going to be something more than just than just a one-off thing at the end of a church service. But God, it can begin here. It can start here. 
Renewal can start here. Revival can start here. Uh, the, the great awakening can begin here. The change can start here simply with us saying, God, I'm in. Our schools can look different, God, just by saying, God, I'm in on that. Uh, our neighborhoods and, and our community, God, I'm in on that. Whatever my part is, God, I'm in. And so if that's your heart today, if, you, if your heart is, God, whatever your plan is, whatever your purpose is, God, I am in. If that is your heart today, I just want you to put your hand up high right now in the air. Just put it up high. Say, God, I'm in. For whatever and wherever, just put them up high right now. Just put them up. Put them up real high. Put them up real high. Almost every hand in this room is going up. Almost every hand in this room is going up. God, I am in. God, I am in. And just begin to pray that back to him. God, I am in. God, I am in. I'm in on seeing people freed from addiction. God, I'm in on seeing families renewed. God, I'm in on, on this community being changed. God, I'm in on your call possibly to go to another part of the world. God, I'm in to start that new church. God, I'm in to share the gospel and to share Jesus with my friend. God, I'm in on getting this sin, this junk, this thing out of my life and, and to stop making excuses and to stop sitting on the sidelines Jesus, I am in on your plan. I am in on your purpose. Because, God, that's what we want. And maybe you're here today, and you know that for you to be in, there, there is something in the way. Would you just let God begin to deal with you about that? that? That might be so scary. It might be so horrifying. Maybe you've tried to ignore that or, or justify it in some way, shape, or form. I don't know what it might be. It might be some relationship. It might be something in your life that you've just tried to ignore that you know is not God's purpose for you. Listen, being in, you've got to deal with that, and there's freedom on the other side. So if that's you, you'd say, Mark, I'm in. God, I'm in on your plan and on your purpose. But I know there's this thing in my life that, that you want to deal with. I know there's something in my life, this thing, it's got to give. And I need some prayer today. If that's you, just put your hand up right now. For me to be in, there's something that's got to move. There's hands right there, hands going up all over right here. Several in the middle section. Anyone else, just put them up right over there to my left. Several hands just going up. God bless you. Thank you so much for that. Father, I pray for courage and boldness. God, God, nothing happens if this ends here. Nothing happens. Nothing happens if, if prayers are not prayed. Nothing happens if we leave and just simply say, well, that was good. God, nothing happens in the community if it just ends here. Nothing happens in schools and for families. God, the future is not going to be impacted if it just stays here. But God, everything literally could change. Heaven could come. The purpose of God will happen. The people of God would say, God, I'm in. And guys, it starts with having a relationship with Jesus. And so I don't want to let this opportunity to go by. If you're here today and you're not a Christian, you're not saved, but you want Jesus in your life, I'm going to pray a prayer, and these aren't magic words, but just meant to help you explain what God is doing in your heart. And, and listen, if you want to begin a relationship with Jesus, have your sins forgiven, have all things be made new in your life and begin a relationship with your creator. If you want that today, just pray this prayer with me right there where you're at. Say, dear Lord Jesus, save me. Forgive me for my sin. Come into my life and make me new today. I give my life to you right now for the first time. Be my Savior and my Lord. 
Thank you for everything you've done for me. And help me to start living for you right now. Just with every head bowed, with every eye closed, if you if